0: You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan, the world is my lesbian wedding. And I'm Mark. And these really are the days of our lives. (laughs) Such a good episode. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't guessed from our little jokes at the start, we're on season two, episode 11. The one with the lesbian wedding. I am so happy that Ryan gets to do this one. (laughs) When when I clicked onto like which episode (laughs) is mine, and then just saw in bold, you were like, "Yes, Yes. Ryan's doing the lesbian episode." It's like, yes, and my life seems to continue like Russ's in many ways. I almost feel like you need an explanation rather than
1: listening to thirty episodes of us to to get the backstory. Yeah, I guess I I almost feel like we need a,
0: a. You know, a quick recap. I guess, that I guess for for those that don't know, I uh, was previously in a long-term relationship of nearly seven years. uh, At which point, after like six and a bit, uh, my ex-girlfriend realised that she's in fact a lesbian. Um, And yeah, it was quite funny. And we're still friends. She easy-packed engaged. So there will be a very lesbian wedding of my own to go to, which is a weird (laughs) phrase to say. Um, But yeah, so... A lot of times in the show, if you're a regular listener, you'll have heard us comment about how my life seems to parallel Ross's at times. Then.
1: I was going to say, I feel like you've, you've cut out the, the fact that you used to be called Ross, and you as best friends with Chandler and Joey <laughs> and
0: Monica. So yeah, uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually invited to the lesbian wedding that's, that my ex is in. Um, apparently it's a very small wedding, and there's no space for former straight boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well... Like you know, it kind of it works for this episode as well because you know there very nearly isn't a wedding, and you know Ross has concerns about going to it.
0: I actually spoke to her about this episode today yeah. uh, before we started recording, um, and like you know that like, I would give her away if, if need be, um, mm. but she's like ultra modern woman who isn't being given away at all because she's not property. But you know I totally okay. agree with me. Mean, I don't understand marriage at all.
1: I yeah I don't understand what goes on in a wedding or why you need to ask like the 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 father if you're allowed to marry her because even if he says no surely
0: you're gonna just do it anyway you know back when you had to give like four goats and a chicken for (laughs) a daughter or whatever and it's just it's an archaic thing and i don't understand it at all but anyway let's get into the episode but before we start mark this episode flies along i would never describe an episode of friends as boring but naturally different episodes move at different paces and this one hits the ground running and you're down the aisle before you know what's hit you like it's amazingly fast-paced.
1: Yeah, like some episodes, not a lot happens, and that's fine for the 20 minutes. And then others you are like, wow, we went to so many places, but I don't really feel like we did, because it just kept, kept going.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's like, oh, hello, this started and it ends. Like, it ends, and I'm almost like, no, carry on, because it's, it's such a rare <laughs> yeah. episode. Uh, but we start the episode, we have Carol and Susan at Ross's apartment picking up Ben. And Carol has some news for Ross.
2: Um, I've got some news. It's about us. Oh, you and me? Uh,
3: no. Susan and me. The other us. Okay. We're, uh... We're getting married.
4: As in, I now pronounce you wife and wife married?
2: Anyway, we'd like you to come, but we totally understand if you don't want to.
4: Yeah. Well, why wouldn't I want to come? I had fun at the first wedding. Look, I just thought that... Me. No, no, no. I mean, I, hey, um, why shouldn't I be happy for you? You know, I mean, what would it say about me if I couldn't uh, revel in your joy? And I'm I'm reveling, baby. Believe
2: me. Is your finger caught in that chair? Mm-hmm. Want
5: us to go? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like,
1: wow. like, like, let, let's take away the, the whole lesbian part of it. Even if she had met another man, mm-hmm. going, do you want to come to my wedding? Like, yeah, Ross, understandably... It's gonna feel awkward about all this.
0: Yes, I find the idea of going to your ex's wedding weird in general. Now, if it was, if it was a mutual breakup, maybe right. I, I don't know. I guess it would depend how close you were. Like, like if I would go to my lesbian ex's wedding because we've we together for so long and we've known each other for so long that it would. We're more, well we're friends essentially, like we were friends before yeah. we got together and we we're friends after we've been together. So it would, it would feel natural. I would understand why her new partner might not want me there, because it might be a bit weird to be like, I'm marrying this girl and there's her old boyfriend. <laughs> it
1: might feel a little bit weird. And, and for, in Ross's case, even weirder because, you know,
0: Carol basically cheated on Ross with, with Susan. Yeah. So. I mean, you do get the sense that if it wasn't for Ben, Carol and Susan wouldn't be in Ross's life at all no um, I mean if I were Russ, that would definitely be you know if, if my ex cheated and then got rid of someone I, she wouldn't be in my life no unless I had a child and I'd be like well I've got to keep them around because of the kids <sighs> I've got to keep them around I guess I've got to put up with them before <laughs> when I see my son so it sounds like a mob boss who's like
1: oh I can't get rid of them yet <laughs> yeah you
0: know once Ben's 18 I'll have them clipped <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know it's, it's a weird thing uh, I think Russ kind of takes the news well considering he, do, he does definitely yeah like
1: it's, it's totally understandable how he feels about this and how he reacts, and I've got no issues with what he does
0: here. I mean, it's it, it's one thing, I guess, to find out that your partner is leaving you, regardless of sexuality, mm. um, and then they're in their new relationship, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's an adjustment." And then you're around, and then to like a oh, wedding, it's like that next step. It almost like I guess, in Ross's eyes and a lot of people's eyes, the marriage legitimizes the relationship. It's not just a a fling. No, it's suddenly, oh my god, this is her life now.
1: And as we already know, Ross doesn't move on from things at all. No. So even though he's after Rachel and he's after Julie and he's after whoever else, right, he still always kind of wants what he had as well. So if, if Carol said to him right now, you know, what? I made a mistake, we should get back together.
0: I think he would probably say yes. Yeah, I think that would be true at any point in the series or the show, probably up until maybe Emma's born. Yes. And then I think at that point... Or if he was actually with Rachel and dating her properly, rather than... I don't know, I think Carol could steal him off Rachel. You think so? Yeah. yeah. I think I think Carol will always be, you know, Ross's lobster. Yeah. <laughs> like he's be real lobster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea, to be fair. Like, at what point do you think that would stop?
1: Yeah. Well, the, this thing, like, Ross and Rachel don't really spend too much together in their relationship. Their on-again, off-again relationship isn't that long.
0: No. It's, it's definitely more off than it is Yes, on. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think Carol would have any problem getting Ross off Rachel. Well, I wonder what our audience thinks. they should write in. This is more fan fiction for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, <don't> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me get the titles, um, and I still don't know how many claps to do properly. I don't know why it is, and my brain can't work this out. How many seasons is there, Ryan? <laughs> There's the, the 92 seasons. <laughs> <of Friends. Yeah. laughs> Um, Every time I'm like Clap, 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 clap clap, I either do one too few Or one too many One day I will (laughs) get it But I don't always try I'll occasionally just like Psych myself up to the challenge And I'll be like Right, you're going to do it this time Right, No, I did it wrong again (laughs) You wouldn't think I went to music school Would you? No, no, definitely not (laughs) I I can play instruments I just can't clap (laughs) We're at the girls apartment After the credits Naturally uh, And Ross and Joey Are chatting about How cool it is That Joey's going to be on TV I yeah, I think I think that's pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. Like it's pretty exciting, like your friend's going to be on television.
1: Especially for many years, he's done really terrible plays. Basically,
0: he has. I mean, yeah, it's a big step up, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah. Like you know, random tales about plays about Freud needing to wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no he's on television. Uh, but Monica interrupts Joey's profound thoughts about him being on a show called Days of Our Lives or the gango experience in the days of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is such a Joey moment. Yeah. <laughs> He's had this thought that in his mind is really profound, and everyone else is just like slowly blinking at him. At the same time, I can, I can
1: imagine like marketing executives doing that exactly in a boardroom, thinking, oh, I, that, I was so
0: clever with that line. And yeah, like, Look, it's called The Days of Our Lives, and that's what everyone else is living. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one really thinks about it, it's just the title. Yeah, um, <laughs> But there's an interrupted by phone call, because Carol and Susan's caterer, the wedding, as in a mountain biking accident, is now in a full body cast. And Monica's thrilled about it as now she gets to cater the wedding.
1: It's always funny when something bad happens and the, the characters and friends are always like overjoyed because it benefits them. <laughs> I don't think it's ever happened to me in real life where something bad has happened and I've just gone, yes, because it benefits me greatly. It's always like,
0: oh, that's so sad. And you're a bit more subtle about it. I mean, is it, is it a nationality thing? Maybe the, we're just more somber, I guess, as a nation, but... I can't think of any opportunities that I've been that excited for that have only come up because someone else couldn't do it. Yeah. I've either been successful in the opportunity I wanted or not. Yeah, I don't think, I've never been like second choice, and then you win by default. It's just like, okay, well, yeah. I ever got the job, or I didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, I guess catering's a weird job, to be fair.
1: Well, it's it's, it's a tough one, right? Because you just got to get your name out because it sounds easy, but then you got to promote yourself and be found. And it doesn't seem like Monica
0: does any of that. No, you just everyone knows she can cook. And then word of mouth is just like, can you cater this? It's just friends and family, isn't it, at this yeah. point? but I mean, you know, if it's, you know, you're doing it as, well, I guess it's an old British phrase, as a foreigner, like, you know, which would basically mean a job aside from your actual job. Well, she's she's doing this, like, sort of in-between jobs, isn't she? So Yeah. But, you know, it makes sense. I, I know yeah. a lot of tradespeople who work for a large company, and at the weekend, they'll nip off and do another job somewhere else for an insane amount of cash. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're always loading them, like, oh, I should have learned a trade. Yeah. <laughs> But Monica is concerned that it might be a problem for Ross if she caters the lesbian wedding. Uh, she asks him, and he's like, would it matter? Which Monica texts us an okay, which I always find kind of funny. Like, he didn't actually say yes. He just said he he wouldn't stop her. No, but would it matter? Like, it's it doesn't matter. Just making food? Yeah. Like, isn't like... Not, why would you want to ruin it? Ross is being a bit of a brat. Well, it,
1: well even if, if Ross is like, no, I don't want to go. It doesn't matter if Monica's being paid to do a job. She's not going to the wedding in place of Ross. No. Like, like in, a, in a future episode where Ross is invited to a wedding, but Monica isn't. She's, she's been asked to do a job, so
0: yeah. it's fine. And it's one of those things where the closeness of the gang and Susan Carol kind of comes up more than you ever actually saw it because obviously they start the season kind of separated yeah or the show separated and you kind of you got the sense she was always around but you've never seen it so i do like it when they kind of call back to the fact that she has a relationship with the rest of the gang
1: although they didn't ask monica first oddly no and that might be because monica wasn't doing it as a business or have have had her own stuff so
0: well i mean it's your wedding day you'd probably go with a kind of died in the wall professional first yes and then monica's like a capable backup yeah I suppose. But as you're right, it wouldn't matter because Ross isn't going. Uh, I mean, he's a little chat with Joey about why he's not going. Let's have a listen. Are
4: you really not going? I'm really not going. I mean, I don't get it. They already live together. Why do they need to get married?
2: Because they love each other and that they want to celebrate
5: that love with the people that are close with them.
4: If you want to call that a reason. (laughs) Who's the bitterest man in the living room? the bitterest man in the living room Hi neighbor
5: <laughs> Ross I thought you were over this But
4: that has nothing to do with this okay She's my ex-wife if, if if she were marrying a guy none of you would expect me to be there Hey if she were marrying a guy she'd be like the worst lesbian ever
0: <laughs> <laughs> look, look, that joke. It's not wrong she would be a terrible <laughs> yeah. lesbian if she was marrying a dude
1: You know it, uh, Ross has a point here, but he
0: has trouble getting over things and he takes things to heart a lot more, I find. Yeah, I mean, they're high school sweethearts. They got married. Yeah. To me, it makes sense that Ross would be there or they'd want him there at least.
1: <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe. I, I don't know. But, like, I get, I get his
1: point where he's like, you know, why do they need to get married? It's like, oh, I get that. You don't want them to be married because she stole your wife off you.
0: Yeah, like, if. if... Like, there is, there is a lot of bitterness and resentment there, and I think that's fair. I didn't think about that, but I suppose yeah. Thinking about that, if Ross is like Carol was my wife, he's yeah. always had that over Susan, and now if Susan gets to say she is my wife. Yeah. That's you know another win for Susan, and you know them to have their nice little competition yep. going. <laughs> yeah. so she can never get a win. <laughs> um, Rachel gets home now, and she's in a hurry because she wants to see Joey on TV as well. Uh, and we get the first mention of smell the Fire acting, which I really wanted to include in the clip mark. But there's so much packed into this episode that at some point I had to start not recording clips. Yeah, I, I
1: have this issue where you start recording a clip and you're like, well, I can't cut this bit, out, I can't cut that bit. Out. And three minutes
0: in, you're like, I've recorded way too much of a clip. Yeah, I mean, it would have just been a sat here listening to the episode. And- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't work. But I mean, I mean Smell the Fight acting is one of those things that, it's one, to me, it's one of those quintessential Joey comments. Like, someone says to you in the street, Smell acting," you're immediately going to picture Joey. Like, it's...
1: I, I wish he just enunciated it a little bit more. It's one of those things where when he says you're like did he say fart acting?
0: Yeah.
1: And you're like and as it goes on you're like oh he
0: did mean fart. He did not, smell lift nose in the air Yeah. wave it about. Yeah but I,
1: I love that, that whole scene of where he like acts and they're like oh okay and then you know, he he actually goes and does it. Yeah. In in the show, <laughs> you know, like the way he points at himself and just like smart. I just love how Joey acts when he's like so proud of himself.
0: Yeah. I mean, i would be pretty buzzing if I was on TV, to be fair. Well, no, well not not just that, just just he's Like, look, look, look I, I did, it, I did, it. I did this, not the fun thing <laughs> yeah. that I learned about. Look, I yeah. didn't <laughs> learn. <laughs> Ross and Chandler go to leave for work, and I'm like, oh my god, wait, it's the morning. Like, what time is Days of Our Lives on? Like, is it lunch? I was trying to work out what time of day it was. It's yeah, it's a daytime show, isn't it? But
1: also, we never know when these guys go to work and stuff. Like They're at the coffee house all the time. I think it's like The Simpsons where, by the later episodes, you're like, does Homer still work at the nuclear plant? And they're like, don't think about it. Because like, if you do, it doesn't make any sense. No,
0: I, am, I assumed it was lunchtime, given... You like, wouldn't put a daytime soap on in the morning. It doesn't make any sense. Why would Ross be there before work? So my assumption is... They've all gone over for lunch to watch Joey on TV. Maybe. And then now they're going back to work. Uh, but anyway, they go to they go to leave and Chandler says he's got a big dinosaur bone to examine. I love this joke. Yep. It's, it's lame, but it's so lame it's funny. Um, but it's also... It, sorry, what were going to say? No, I was just going to say, yeah,
1: it's just stupid and silly, isn't it?
0: But it is gentle and I really like... So many of Chandler's jokes are sarcastic one-liners that have a bit of a sting to them. Um, so I like seeing like a softer side to Chandler's humor, where he's he's not making a joke at anyone; he's just being funny. Well, yeah, I, th-
1: I think a lot of Chandler is just he makes jokes out of everything because he likes to make people laugh, yeah. or, he, or he or just entertain himself, really. Mm.
0: Well, I think a lot of his jokes are in response to what someone says, and they tend to be quite laced with sarcasm. Yeah. So I just enjoy it when he makes a joke that isn't at anyone's expense. He's just just saying something (laughs) because he thinks it's funny. And it's never, you know, rib-ticklingly hilarious, but it always gets a good chuckle out of me, to be fair. Yeah, it's nice. But as they open the door, they discover a despondent Phoebe who didn't have the will to knock. Because she's had a bit of a rough morning, hasn't she, Mark? She has. Let's find out why. Oh. Oh.
5: Oh. Thanks. Couldn't, uh is everything okay um no uh uh-uh. um <clears throat> one of my clients died on the massage table today
4: oh oh my god well, that's a little more relaxed than you want them to get
5: <laughs> yeah uh-huh um she was you know 82 years old and um her name was um mrs edelman
2: oh honey
5: Yeah, it's just so strange. I mean, you know, she probably woke up this morning and thought, all right, so I'll have some breakfast and I'll take a little walk and, and, you know, then I'll have my massage. Little did she know, God was thinking, okay, but that's it. (laughs) Oh, oh, but the weirdest thing was, okay, um, I was cleansing her aura when it happened. And when, when her spirit left her body, I don't think it went very far. <clears throat> what do you mean? I, I, I think it went into me.
1: This whole, like, I guess, storyline is, is quite strange. Very weird. Like, it, you, you know, you can have Phoebe being kooky and weird, but there seems to be a lot of, I want to say realistic, like, moments in this, but it's obviously not realistic. Yeah. Where you're like, well, she's, she's not being kooky and weird. She's actually, she's not acting. She, she does know things about this
0: woman. Yeah, it's like, I imagine if you kind of to look up the people that Mrs. Ailderman mentions through Phoebe, you'd be like, oh, that's a real person. And it's like, wait, is the occult real in this universe? Yeah. Friends, like, <laughs> yeah. Is Phoebe just legitimately psychic and all this kind of weird stuff? But
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting as we're going to get into it. So I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it's, it's fun. And I don't, I don't think it takes me out of it. I just kind of go
0: with the, the journey and the ride. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes me sad that I'm not randomly possessed by uh, (laughs) an old old ladies, because it'd be great to get away with some sassy old lady comments. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't me, it was Mrs. Johansson. (laughs) But uh, while we reflect on ghosts, let's take a quick advert break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into a fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends.
4: Video Deathloop is a show where we watch a short clip on loop until one or both of us can't take it anymore. Each week, one of us picks out a video the other does not know about to their dismay. Video game cutscenes, TV show openings, music videos, and occasional horse videos are just some of the clips we've ran and we're five seasons in. Check us out every Friday.
0: Loot drop incoming. Get to the drop at HyperX.com for store savings. HyperX is fighting the battle against inflation with deep discounts across all categories of HyperX gear. Head there quick though. Once March ends, so does the madness. It's the HyperX Loot Drop 2 going on now at HyperX.com.
4: Hey, Lassie, what are you doing here? Timmy's in a well. Sequelcast 2 and Friends is a podcast looking at movies in a franchise, one film at a time, like Harry Potter, Hellraiser, and The Hobbit. And sometimes the hosts talk about video games and TV as well. And now it's part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh, Lassie, we don't need to rescue Timmy. He likes the well well enough, I guess. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Lassie, I told you to play off the spoilers.
0: Welcome back. So, Ghosts in Phoebe. <laughs> Just it's it's if it was anyone else, you'd be like, this is stupid. Any of a show, I'd be like, if it well, any of a sitcom, I guess. Like, if this popped up in Big Bang Theory, you'd be like, nah. Well, you you see this joke
1: in, like, probably like an 80s, like, Mickey take, I guess, where they're like, oh, and there's a ghost in this, this sitcom, and they go and talk to him and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's you know, the thing. A bit, a bit like Mork and Mindy, I guess, where it's like, oh, he's an alien. Like, that's just
0: perfectly normal. It's, it's wacky, like, but it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, they, they don't play this, well, they do play it for laughs, but it's... It's done more seriously, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's in the context of Friends, it's weird. Context of Phoebe, it makes perfect sense. Yes. I think that's what you get away with it because you've had so long now of Phoebe being weird and quirky and there being ghosts in pencils and things like this where you're just like, okay, it's Phoebs.
1: Yeah, I I like it because it's her being herself. But then there's this other side of it where you're like, oh, she doesn't know that information or she shouldn't.
0: So did it happen? i mean like, we we don't want to get all roger again no but at the same time like it could just be phoebe's way of dealing with grief and she could have heard about all these people while she was giving mrs alderman massages so like my brain goes down i like the fun idea of this spirit inhabiting phoebe because yeah. she's got unfinished business but at the same time i can always be like well this is how phoebe deals with grief because she, she oh. doesn't process it well because of her mom's suicide so i could write down all these like realistic <laughs> yeah. reasons for why it's happening it's just way more fun to think there's a spirit there
1: i, I make it to make it a bit unfun is thinking that she was actually massaging her as she died and that is quite a horrible thought like they play it as a a joke like oh you was massaging her you don't want her to be that relaxed you're like no that woman was dead and she was touching a dead person at that point and like (laughs) have you ever seen a dead person no i've never
0: never done that Ah, i've seen two relatives pass away like been there the moment of them going weird
1: it's it's, yeah you've mentioned it in one of our previous episodes yeah
0: it's, it's odd it's an odd feeling um, but but you wasn't massaging them at the time either I wasn't no yeah. <laughs> that would have been even weirder no. Um, but no it's yeah, it's odd but that's what I meant earlier about Chandler's humour. where we've had Chandler's nice I'm going to look at a bone joke and then like less than a minute later we get that's more relaxed than you want them to get <laughs> yeah. and he's joking about an old lady dying in front of his mate and yeah. it's like okay he's back on his usual you know fighting <laughs> yeah. jokes I guess uh, but then we get a cool panning shot of New York. Normally, we don't talk about these transition things. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll know how much I enjoy the transitional shots in Joey yep. between scenes. Uh, and these—it's normally a shot of a building or New York. But for some reason, I really like this shot to the point where I was like, "I'm going to mention that in the episode because <laughs> I'm like, look, it's New York, it's New York, and it's really exciting. I've been to New York before. Um,
1: I do, I do like the way they change through the seasons. Like most other shows, would just have their their pre-recorded clips. And they just use that. But here they, they change them quite a lot as, hmm. as the show goes on, especially, you know, after 9-11, like they change them
0: again. Uh, but I just, yeah, I love looking at New York, like especially 90s New York. Yeah, it's just, it's just I guess because so much of the, the show takes place inside, because you always comment a lot of episodes when they go outside and they're not in a building. Yeah. You're like, yay, outside, because it's so different than the, the one with the, the baby on the bus. Yeah. And you like, look, Ryan, they're outside in New York. You like to see New York. Yeah, yeah. It is cool to be like, oh, look, here's more of New York, I guess. Um, but then we find the guys at Central Park, And of course we do. Where else would they be? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Monica's having issues uh, picking the menu for the wedding.
1: I always hate wedding food. It's, it's always like, you know, we're going we're gonna to have... I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this in a previous episode. And it's going to always be, you know, we're, we're going to have um, salmon moose. Or we're going to have a food that you don't generally eat. It's never just like, let's have some burgers.
0: Well, you said that. The last wedding I went to was my cousin's wedding. And my cousin and his wife couldn't be more compatible as a, a married couple if you tried. Right. To the point where they both love football and good food and beer. So the wedding food consisted of... There was a set meal, which was basically chicken. I like might like a roast dinner, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then, bits and bobs and then for like evening food when you, when you had a few beers it was pulled pork rolls and chips now I'm hungry now and, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was the best wedding because I'd had a you know i had a fair few points, and then it was like oh I'm really hungry now yeah. and then, oh there's some pulled pork on a bap over there next to some chips and I was like oh, <gasps> okay. yes like exactly what you want when you've had a few <laughs> it was great well, well to me wedding food is like plain food it's, it's food that exists that you never normally eat
1: yeah you know, they just make it way too fancy it's like no just give me something that, that tastes good and is rather simple
0: I went to a uh, at the time of recording it's almost Valentine's Day, um, ugh. but I went to a, a set menu Valentine's meal once with an ex, and they did asparagus mousse.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Who uh,
0: that's not, you never order that normally. Oh, it's, hey, why do you need to mousse the asparagus? Don't know, but <laughs> no. you do. And it was served in like a little coffee cup. It was quite possibly the most horrendous thing I've ever tasted in my life. Like the restaurant's gone bust, and I'm not surprised.
1: Oh, okay. I, th- I thought they just wanted to get you out there quickly
0: so you could go back to your house together. I mean, the, I mean, the relationship was terrible, but the food was the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that, that was definitely like the the sourest day of my. It was just the, all of it was terrible. I was just like the duck terrine I had like cat food. It was it was the one yeah. I, mean, I won't name in it, it, the restaurant, but it, it was just the worst meal I've ever sat down to have.
1: Yeah, I have. I would never say that I've had like a a fantastic wedding meal. It's always been like okay, with just weirdness added to it. Bear. Like, like you'll have some chicken, cool, and then there'll be weird stuff
0: around it that you don't normally get with chicken. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, we've, we've got some random inserts, some exotic vegetables yeah. that you've never heard of that they've whipped into <laughs> yeah. a mashed potato and then stuffed inside a kiwi. You're like, yeah. Oh, why have you done that? Just, <laughs> yeah, just give yeah, me the food. Yeah. <laughs> but Rachel arrives from drinks, and of course, it's the wrong drinks, and Rachel makes a mistake. She's not got any better at this job. No. It's a good thing Gunther's so enamoured by her because she'd definitely be unemployed if it was someone
1: else. Well, at this point, he's just in the background
0: kind of working away. So He is. But I guess in my mind, like, I, I guess I retcon Rachel's ability to stay hired yeah. because I'm like, Gunther likes her. He didn't start liking her out of the blue. He would, he would like her now. So I'm like, she's getting away. Okay. She's crap at her job. But we just don't know about Gunther's affection, but Gunther knows about his affection. Uh, well, is why he's not fired Rachel.
1: It's Rachel, so uh, I think we all know about our affections for
0: Rachel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, she told But Joey suggests that the reason she's typically bad at her job today is because she's freaking about, about her mother visiting.
1: Which I think is fair, but we have not met her mother yet, so we, we don't haven't. really know much about her. I mean, we know a little about her dad, I
0: guess. Yeah, I and mean, you get the kind of idea that she's a bit of a Stepford kind of
1: well but, well based on you know daddy has you know bought me a Porsche and I've got daddy's credit card you can imagine you know what sort of wife he has yeah you picture like a upper
0: class conservative mm. housewife type lady yep um, and she's pretty spot on to be fair with <laughs> uh, mrs Green visit is a really weird subplot for this episode and i kind of feel like it feels like it deserves more attention almost like it needs its own episode in entirety well yeah cuz this is our introduction to her and it's a weird introduction mhm I mean, if you look at, for example, the affair that Joey's dad's having, that's basically the entire episode, like nearly every moment, Joey moment in the episode is based on that. Yeah. And then this just kind of like flits in and out. It's enjoyable, but I feel like it's such a a heavy topic that... Well, I I guess we should get into what the topic is then before we... We should. Uh, Sandra, aka Mrs. Green, uh, arrives and is very excited and proud to see Rachel at her job. Uh, And then we... Join Rachel and her mum in the girl's apartment and Sandra spots something out the window. What does she spot, Ryan? Well, let's find out.
2: Oh my god! There's an unattractive nude man playing the cello! (laughs) Yeah, well just be glad it's not playing a smaller instrument. Life here, sweetie. I know. And, Mom, I realize you and Daddy were upset when I didn't marry Barry and get the big house in the suburbs with all the security and everything, but this is just so much better for me, you know? I do know. You didn't love Barry, honey. And I've never seen you this happy. I look at you and I think, oh, this is what I want. (laughs) For me? Well, not just for you. What do you mean? I'm, uh, considering leaving your father. All right. Tell me if this is too cute. Lesbian wedding, chicken breasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think I'm going to be sick. What? It's not like I'm putting little nipples on them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Is, is Sandra doing this because, uh, you know, she's always felt the same way as, I guess, Rachel did for her, Barry? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, my daughter's doing it, I can do it. Or is there something else going on? Uh,
0: no, I think it's just she's basically what she said, that she's seen what Rachel's done and it's kind of inspired people like, wait, I'm not, you know, she's not getting any younger. She's still, still got plenty of life left to live in one sense. Why does she want to spend it unhappy?
1: Because I almost wonder if, if Sandra had, like, Rachel when she was younger, she would have been that type of mum who's like, yes, I'm best friends with my daughter and I dress like my daughter. That kind of, the, the creepy thing that you yeah. normally see. Because she is trying to, to treat Rachel right now as, like, you know, one of her best friends and she's going to join her and do what she does.
0: I mean, we'll get more into it later in an episode from certain things, but I very much get the sense that Sandra, you know, kind of got married, had a kid... And she became a mum, and that was kind of her life experience, and that's what she's lived for the past 20 odd years.
1: Well, that, that seems to be the circle they kind of roam in, isn't it? Where they're, you know, well-to-do women that that marry a wealthy
0: guy and don't really have to do much else. Yeah. Um, so I imagine, you know, especially when you're watching your daughter make her way in the big wide world in New York City, um, you would be kind of like, wait, why didn't I do this? Like, what, what's my life? What have I done yeah. other than raised kids? Yeah. And I imagine it could be quite frustrating.
1: Yeah, because we don't really ever know what Sandra's age is, I don't think. No. And you've got to think, you know, Rachel's, you know, mid-twenties. You know, because like, when you look at, like, Jack and Judy, you're like, oh, yeah, they're definitely, like, an older generation, like, grandparents at, at this point, obviously, with, with Ben. Yeah. But, but with Sandra, and you don't kind of think that if she comes across as a lot younger.
0: I'd be saying probably mid-40s, Like. Oh, so, it, really? so yeah, potentially,
1: yeah, because I, I guess at her generation, most people would have their their first child around their their twenties
0: or so. Well, at one point in the episode, she references going straight from like high school to sorority house mm. to a husband's house. Um, so if you assume that she goes to college when she's what eighteen, graduates like early twenties, yeah, and that then gets sense. married, has babies, because most people, especially back then, most you know in that kind of society would be get married and within twelve months she'd be pregnant. Yeah. So I would imagine she probably had Rachel in a very well, they started having kids in her early twenties. And Rachel's twenty ish, twenty something at this point. Yeah, it makes sense. The show's always vague about ages and she starts to contradict itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a big thing. I mean I was I grew up in a in a single parent family. So I don't have any kind of emotional weight on finding out your part or your parents are splitting up because mine split up when I were two. Yeah. So I didn't really there was there was no emotional impact no. for me, it was just well, my dad's not around. I've got a mum and the rest of my family, the end. Um so I always feel like, how is this a big deal to people? Because I have zero emotional relevance for it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I guess for for you, you you've never had had things to miss out on. I guess. Yeah. And Rachel is at at an age where she's so old where if the, her parents break up, it's not really a massive deal because her parents are still her parents. Whereas if you're like say twelve, you kind of rely on both your parents a lot at that age. Yeah. Whereas at, at two, you know you you don't know what you missed out on and at uh, rachel at 25 well
0: she doesn't need that anymore in her life so yeah i get being conflicted as it like a younger child or like you know teen because mm. your whole world is suddenly changing in a huge way yeah but when you were grown up and you are your rachel said surely your brain could appreciate that relationships don't always pan out and just because you know your parents yeah. i guess it's this is thing where you don't really see your parents as people no, they're um, your
1: parents. They're, they're mum and dad. They're always mum and dad, aren't they? They're, they're not people. It's the same with teachers, isn't it? Where I'm sure now, like, as you're growing up, you look back at, at some of your teachers and you're like, oh, yeah, they, like, had their own lives like I do right now, whereas I was, like, really horrible
0: to them about things. I remember going to sixth form and the dynamic between myself and the teachers changed somewhat where they would talk to me more like a person and not a student. They Yeah, they kept telling us when we first started, saying, like, don't call me
1: sir... I'm not a sir, like you can call me like John or whatever. Uh, You don't
0: need to put your hand up, you don't need to
1: be a student. You can talk to me as just a person. Yeah. Is that okay?
0: When I was in sixth form, I had a massive crush on an NQT drama teacher we had. (laughs) and Do you know what NQT means? newly qualified teacher okay. i don't know if that's an acronym because no, no, no. i've dated teachers and stuff not when i was a student <laughs> <laughs> um there's acronyms well. i don't know if everyone knows what it means it basically means that you're in like your first like year or two of being a fully qualified and, and teacher this
1: is, and this is what i didn't appreciate at the time is i didn't
0: realize actually they're only they were only a few years older than me yeah i had a huge crush on this drama teacher so i would have been like 17 and yeah. she would have been like 22 23 something like that um it never went anywhere, unfortunately.
1: But but back then, like that's like, oh, they're they're way too old for me today. But you, you look at it now, and you're like, well, actually, no, that age gap is not really that big.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if she's out there listening and popped up all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, one would care if I was, you know, 35 and she was 39. It yeah, was like whatever. Um, but it was weird because she'd chat to me about like stuff in her her weekend and be like, oh, you know, I went this and did this and chat about outside of school stuff yeah which is uh, I was like oh that's really weird and it just felt really I'd like, why are you telling me about you went shopping with your friends and bought some new shoes because you know six months ago when I was in you know school school
1: yeah
0: you would just be like go to class yeah
1: <laughs> no. and, and and I guess that relates to like parents as well like if your parents are like oh I'm going to go to the club tonight you're like you're going to the club what you, you don't do that you're you're old you're, you're a parent. doing
0: Parents don't do that sort of stuff, so... No, it is weird to think about your parents as people. And I guess it's something that happens as you get a bit older. I mean, it doesn't always change. No. But, yeah, like, my mum was at a party the other week, and it was just like, what? I was like, what do you mean you and Nana are at a party? You're old. Yeah. <laughs> like, like saying, <laughs> yeah you don't drink or have fun. <laughs> just, why aren't you at home watching soaps? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, but... My mum's not even that old. I guess as well as you grow up, you start to see, you know, when you're a teenager, someone being thirties, ancient. You're like, yeah. oh, you're over the hill and past it. And then you get to thirty, and you're like, I feel fine. I could go out. Yeah, I could dance <laughs> yeah. around, shake my butt. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it's a, a very, I guess it's an intense thing to hear in theory. Yes. Um, the gang are at Central Park, comforting Rachel. Uh, Mrs. Edelman's still here. Uh, she's still inside Phoebe, and Phoebe's got a visitor. Have a listen. Who's visiting Phoebe?
5: That's him. Damn. My
3: mail order grandfather hasn't come yet. Phoebe?
5: Yes. Hi, Mr. Edelman.
3: Nice to see you. Hi.
5: Thanks for meeting me.
3: Oh, that's all right. Although you did cut into my very busy day of sitting.
5: Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, do you want to sit?
3: Oh, no, no, no. Please. I spent most of mid-morning trying to stand up. <laughs> now, uh, what can I do for you, my dear?
5: Oh, okay. I don't know how to say this, but, um, I think... When your wife's spirit left her body, it um, kind of stuck around in me.
3: You're saying my wife is in you?
5: Yeah. Okay. you don't have to believe me, but um, can you think of any unfinished business she might have had? Like, any reason she'd be hanging around?
3: Well, I don't know what to tell you, dear. The only thing I could think of is that she always used to say that before she died, she wanted to see everything. Everything? Everything.
5: Whoa, that's a lot of stuff.
3: Oh wait, I, I I remember. She also said she wanted to sleep with me one last time.
5: I'm sorry. There's laughing in my head.
3: <laughs> Worth a shot, huh?
1: I feel like that's got to be the, the joke of the show, right?
0: <laughs> that's your joke. <laughs>
1: My job. My job. Like I, I have to wonder if it's a, a slight rewrite there because it, it, it comes across as quite natural him saying, oh, you know, this is what she wanted from life, whatever, and then it feels like there's a pause, and then like the tone changes massively, and he's like, oh, and there's one other thing, you know, she she wants to see me one last time, and like, I love that he just comes out of that, just like, I I haven't been thinking about this at all. I'm just going to tell you the answers you want to hear, and then. Oh, how can I take advantage of this?
0: I mean, I'm in two minds about this. Uh, initially, I'm like, get in, Mr. Alderman. you got to respect it on some level that you took his shot. On hmm. um, an entirely different level, he's a horrid old man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his wife's barely cold, and he's trying to sleep with a woman half his age. In, like, in a kind of predatory, you're trying to fulfil my wife's last wishes, so get naked kind of way. Um I feel like he only gets away of it because he looks adorable with his little old man tweed looking suit and his little neckerchief. Why? Why do you have to ruin every single friends joke <laughs>
1: for me? <laughs> like, like you're right. We we don't know what their relationship was, and he might have been just like, I'm old. You know, I've settled. And when she's gone, he's like, you know what? It's fine.
0: Like we're both old.
1: I I'm not
0: bothered. In my head, they had like a marriage with children style relationship where she'd go out to get her massage and they'd be like, finally, leave me in peace. Yes, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it might be right. So it, it's fine, but you do like
1: to ruin all, all the best jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's
0: my brain works. i just overthink things and I'm just like, wait a minute, his wife's just died. Yeah. Like well, we don't, again, we're friends. It's the, the one criticism we always have is that it, the show is really bad uh, telling you how much time has passed. So we don't uh, yeah, know. It assume is, it's days at this point, right? Yeah. So it, you know, let's say it's within a week that his wife's passed away, and he's trying to sleep with Phoebe. Yeah. I mean, would you? I mean, yeah, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's. I guess if you look at it on the surface level, it's funny, and yeah, sleep with Phoebe if you could. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's creepy. I, th- I think this is what Friends does a
1: lot with its jokes. Is that on the surface level, you're like lo- you're laughing, go, oh, that's really funny. But then when
0: you come along. <laughs> and overthink it. You're like, that is a horrible, horrible joke. Yeah, just a creepy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? The the predatory thing we can ignore, I guess, because it it wasn't, it didn't happen. I, so. I
1: don't, I don't think it's predatory. He's, he was just taking taking his chance, know, trying his exactly. trying his luck,
0: right? But the the idea that his wife's barely cold and he's trying to climb on Phoebe, just gross to me. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I'm a soppy old romantic. I don't know. But, you know, at least mourn. Yeah. Like, how loud quick did he get over things? Was he just like, oh, she's gone. All right, then. Yeah. Like, he sat down, had a scotch, and then went right next. Yeah. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> but then we're back at the girl's apartment, and Monica's having a big stress, but not having enough time to cook the food for the wedding. Uh, I kind of like seeing Monica stressed about time, because she's normally so well-organised that yeah. seeing her not, is like, yeah. Um, Rage gets up to help, and Thieves pops in, explaining that she took Mrs. Alderman everywhere, but she's still with Phoebe's because guess she hasn't quite seen everything yet.
1: Well, yeah, she took her to like Statue of Liberty and all around New York, and it's like, well, you know, she's not going to have seen everything. You, but yeah. I, I did like the the name calls of where she took her. I guess. Yeah, uh,
0: you yeah, went to the MoMA. Um, I've not been to the MoMA. I always mean to go. I, on go to I have MoMA. been to the MoMA. The good um, art is weird. So, like the act- <laughs> 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 Just, that should be the new tagline for the MoMA. <laughs> MoMA art is weird.
1: Like it's it's a beautiful building. It's an interesting one. But then you go up to some of the art and it's a blank canvas with little black lines in the corners and that's to represent the inner canvas and it's worth multiple millions. It's like, well, if I did that, no one would care. And and that's my problem with art. And I I studied art at college and I draw art now. And for me, like a lot of art is, I go, that's really cool or I can understand the complexities or details or effort put in. When it's modern art, and you're like, so you screwed up a piece of paper and you threw it on the floor and that's
0: worth millions. like, no, that's not art to me. I mean, it's weird. I guess you've got like classical art. Like my ex studied uh, history of fine art and we'd get into, we'd go to galleries and stuff and have conversations and we'd just get annoyed at each other. Um, but like classical art, like oil painting and stuff and yes. sculpture, like a Caravaggio, for instance. I'm like, right, I can understand why that's worth millions and cause like this really pretty oil painting is like really well done. And then you look at modern art and then I'll, I'd make a comment and she'd be like, that's wrong. And I'd be like, well, then in that case, the artist kind of failed, didn't they? Yeah. Because if, if art, essentially, I guess to me, is interpretation, and if I'm looking at a piece you've done, and I'm getting something else than your artist's intention, then maybe the artist didn't achieve what they meant to. Like I, I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before, but if I haven't, uh, at college, they
1: used to be like, okay, here's a, here's a nice piece of work. I want you to describe like why the artist did it and in my mind i'm like because i think it's a pretty flower and they wanted to paint it because that's how i do things like if i see something i like i think that's cool i want to draw that yeah but no that that was wrong i had to be like well they use blue because they're feeling the depressive effects of you know the life and death of the flower because it's so fleeting
0: and you know they focus on the flower because it's it's a new spring and it's blooming and it's like
1: no maybe they just like
0: the flower yeah i'd love to see like a Documentary where there's like a renowned artist, and they're like, This represents the turmoil yeah. of the inner contents," <laughs> And it's like, No, it doesn't. I just doodled it, and <laughs> everybody yeah. <therefore> liked it.
1: Because <laughs> like- you, you definitely do see this on the, the Turner Prize, mm. which is modern art prizes, basically and they come out with like why did you do the messy bedroom and they come out with a whole spill of it and you can see they're smiling and smirky because i'm sure behind the scenes with their art friends they're like eh, let, let's see who can like come out with the most like flamboyant obvious lie possible and get away with it
0: i think that's what puts a lot of people off of art in general is the weird kind of like hyper intellectual pretentiousness that's yes. kind of masqueraded around it whereas if someone just cause even if you did have these like giant like philosophical themes in your work and I don't think you necessarily need to go into a massive depths to understand them to appreciate. It. Which I think is why people say they don't like modern art because you look at a painting and you can appreciate the skill it took to do so. Yes. Because you can't do it. I can't paint like Caravaggio or Van Gogh or anyone. I I can't do that. Yeah. Whereas when I look, I mean, I went to see a, I went to the Tate Modern at one point, and there was a basketball just hanging from a ceiling which I didn't know was there and walked backwards into <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, damaged. Millions of pound art, damaged. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, oh, and it's just hanging from the ceiling. And I was like, what? what's the point? Yeah. Um, and there's a Damien Hurst piece that was basically a barbecue full of like maggots and flies. And I was complaining that I thought it was cruel. Um, and it was supposed to be about, I don't know, like fleeting life and recycling and all that kind of crap. And I was just like, I don't like it because all these poor flies are stuck in here for their whole life. Yeah. And my ex at the time was like, that's a stupid thing to be upset about. You don't understand art. And then we had a big argument about her being a snob. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just saying like, if that was a cat, if someone had the a cat in a box yeah. for its whole life, you'd have like Peter up in arms and you know, Neil, our friend, we be out sort of protesting about it. But flies don't, I just find it weird that you're going to view ranked life in that sense. Of yeah. Like, Oh, these flies don't matter because they're going to... But I think that's what puts people off art because they, 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 they're scared... To not understand it and don't want to look stupid by saying, oh, this means this to me. I Even mean, when really you can't be wrong if it's your interpretation. But yeah, the
1: MoMA, I'd say definitely visit it, but I,
0: I don't understand it. But still, off our random art tangent. <laughs> Whatever she saw at the MoMA, Miss Alderman wasn't happy because she's still with Phoebes. Uh, and then Phoebes pops to the loo as Sandra's having a great time and starts chatting to Monica and Rachel about life in general.
2: Much fun. Just the girls. Do you know what we should do? Does anybody have any marijuana? All right, look, no one's smoking pot around all this food. (laughs) Well, that's fine. I never did it. I just thought I might. So. What's new in sex? What's new in sex? The only man I've ever been with is your father. I'm dicing. I'm dicing. I don't hear anything. I, I mean, this is no offense to your dad, sweetie, but I was thinking there might be more. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I cannot have this conversation all with right, you. All right, all right, I mean, God, you just come here and you drop this bomb on me before you even tell Daddy. What? What do you want? Do you want my blessing? No. You want me to talk you out of it? No. Then what? What do you want? Well, I guess I figured of all people, you would understand. Why on earth would I understand this? You didn't marry your
3: berry honey, but I
1: married mine. That's so oh, There we go. It's finished. It's finally finished. <laughs> there, there's, there's some great moments in there. I, I like the bit where she's like, "Let's do some marijuana." Like that. That is such a like person who has never done drugs before thing to say.
0: Yeah, like it's not. Like, there's no kind of like slang name for it. It's let's do marijuana. Yeah, and you know it's it's not the appropriate time
1: even like you know clearly monica's cooking like oh yeah i'm just gonna stop for a bit and you know we'll just go placed up in the corner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the, the the line you know what's new in sex is <laughs> <It's just, laughs> like it's just so funny i mean yeah it, not a conversation you want to
0: have with your parents i was gonna say that yeah like yeah why would you want to Plus, you know, it's sex. There's not much new in it. Like, we've been around for thousands of years. Everyone's pretty much done everything. You, it might be new to you, but it ain't new to the species. Yeah, do, do you really want to talk about your kinks with your, your mum like that? No, I mean, my family are pretty open, but there are <laughs> no. limits, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, it's just weird. I mean, the reason that clip's so long, I kept trying to find times to cut it, but it was just, I wanted the little bombshell of, you know, I married my Barry, and then Rachel's, oh, yes. where she finally gets a bit of understanding, where now she has some real world context. And initially in my notes, this is where I touched on talking to your parents, like they're people as opposed to just being your parents. Um, but yeah, I think that for Rachel, this is where she gets that moment of, Oh, my mom's a person. Yeah. You know, she's Sandra, not just mum. Yeah. Cause you don't
1: know, I guess your, your parents' social life too much. Like they, they go to see their friends or whatever, but you don't know what happens. And, and if you do like, let's say you go to the pub with their friends, And you see them laughing and joking and whatever. Like, it's kind of cringy for you as, as like, the son or daughter. But no, they're just being normal. They're they're doing the exact same stuff you would do with your friends.
0: Yeah, like, at some point, like, you're going to have kids that are going to see you doing that. Yeah. And then they'll be like, Oh dad's so embarrassing. Yeah. Like at some point they'll be like, I hate dad's friends, Ryan. He just shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shut they up, they like, get
1: their they get their little Warhammer figures out all the time they're painting them. Yeah, how childish.
0: Yeah, like it's just I look forward to annoying my kids to be honest, with being cringy and embarrassing. Um <laughs> have you seen Into the Spider-Verse? The yes. There's a great part in that where Miles goes to school and his dad's a cop. And he says over the radio, like, I love you, and makes Miles tell him he loves him in front of, like, the whole yes. school. And it's just, oh, I can't wait to just t- torture my kids, if stuff like that.
1: No, I, I would never, ever want to do that. I, I kind of hate that. Like, that's, this is where all, like, you know, the younger generation gets probably their neuroses from, is their, their parents doing stuff like that. <laughs> like, you know, you bring your, your first girlfriend home, and your parents go, let's bring out the baby pictures. And you're like, Ugh. hang on, why? Why are you doing that? They don't need to see me naked as a small child. Yeah, my mum's terrible for that. Like,
0: there's, just, there's props and everything like this. It's like,
1: Is it like friends? Oh, look, there's Monica again.
0: Nope, that's me. I was trying to say. It's like a TED Talk. It's ridiculous. Um, but I do like this scene because it makes me want to know more about my other older relatives and you know what their lives were like before they became a parent. Like, Who you knows? Maybe your aunt was like a total badass but we don't really take much time to, to uncover this stuff.
1: No, they're, they're just your aunt, or they might be the cool aunt, but you don't know why they're cool. And you might find uh, a deeper side to it, I guess.
0: I remember watching a, I remember what show it was. a show a while ago and the, the basic premise of the show was like, get to know your older relatives because you can't ask them questions and learn about them when they're gone. Mm. So I was chatting to my nan and uh, asked her what it was like, you know, growing up because she's older. She was born in 1939. So she was like a kid for all of the war, like a baby really, and then was living in like post-war Britain. So I was just asked her, what was it like growing up in post-war like, Wales and England? And like some fascinating stories came out that are now like massive in-jokes within the family. Yeah. Um, I don't know how true this is, but apparently if a farm, has, like, a farm has a territory, right? Like where the farm boundary yeah. ends. If chickens lay eggs and those eggs roll out of the farm boundary and are on the street they're like public access anyone can have those eggs they don't belong to the farmer anymore because they're not on his land and my nan and her siblings just nine of them would walk down the road and then find all these eggs and take the eggs home and my great nan her mum would be like where are you getting these eggs from and they'd be like oh they're on the road and then eventually my great nan worked out what was going on and marched them down the road to the farmer and made them apologize and give them these eggs back and then there was this like weird hustle where the farmer thought his chickens were ill because they weren't laying eggs. But turns out they decided to lay eggs on this <laughs> ramp and they just roll out. So they should have been in his land, but the hill was not yeah. mean they weren't. So he started paying my nan to bring the eggs she found because it was more beneficial for him to give her, I guess the modern equivalent of 20p an egg to keep the eggs and sell them somewhere else than it was to just keep losing them anyway. Yeah. And so, but we all joke now that my nan used to hustle the farmer and she used to steal eggs, but she gets really angry when you bring it up, not angry, angry, but she gets animated and she's like, I didn't steal them, they weren't anybody's That's great. she will just sit there and she'll eat, she'll eat at the last Mars bar and everyone will go, oh, she's up to a roll old tricks again, just like the eggs.
1: Well, I, I guess, you know, if you have kids in the future, they'll be like, dad, what, what was you doing when you was 12? He was like, I was bored. I didn't have the internet then. Whereas, you know, when you was asking like your, your grandparents or whatever, you know what they were doing when so those like telling you about the war and stuff and it's so like such a different environment. You can't imagine what they they they're describing. Yeah, and when they're telling you it, you're like, okay, it doesn't sound that bad. It's just like no, it's it was terrible, right? Yeah. and I guess you know younger people growing up are not going to have that, and certainly you with your stories, they're going to be. Oh, I was taking selfies with my mates. they're, yeah. they're going to be kind of hopefully fairly familiar.
0: But it, it's such a quick transition as well. Like comparing my childhood. To my little brother or sister child they were like eighteen at the minute, they grew up streaming content inside of like gaming, mm-hmm. you doing all the stuff that we do, I guess as adults, whereas you know they don't they don't really hang out in the park or do that kind of stuff like they didn't have a hoop and a stick, yeah yeah, pretty much like I mean I remember there's a big recreational ground not far from my house that river goes through, and we'd all go hang out in that park at the time as kids, and then there'd be like a big uh, traveler community in the area for like certain parts of the year and the kids would just try to beat you up so there'd always be a game of like how close can you get to the the caravan park before they chase you off
1: what a game
0: just that's what when you were kids and you're like you know i had a playstation and stuff but it wasn't this like you know massively online immersive experience you'd play it for a few hours but it was sunny and you were bored you go outside and see your mates then and... this explains you so well it was it was just a game we played but <laughs> we would just like ride our bikes for hours you know miles yeah. outside the city but a lot of kids growing up and i just don't have that And it's kind of weird that even just in the what the eighteen years that they've been alive, how much childhood's changed. Um, And when, like you said, when you go back even further back, when you know, like playing football in the road and being like car and having to like move everything, they didn't do that.
1: Well, and I guess also you have all these stories now of like, oh, there's this thing I did, and it's actually really bad, and I'm gonna tell you. But thankfully, there was no pictures or video of it. Whereas they can go, yeah, I did this bad thing. It's all over the internet. A million people saw it and liked it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's all documented, I guess. I remember when we went on a school trip once and we are in this cottage and we were all looking out the window and it's this really bouncy-looking bush. So we just dared <laughs> each other... A, bouncy- a bouncy-looking bush. It looked really spongy and like it would cushion your fall. <laughs> and there's like eight of us just sat by this like corridor big window just going, dare to jump in it. And then it was basically just people chickened out until one of us did. And I remember jumping out the window into this bush that looked, that looked like... <laughs> hang it. on, hang on.
1: Everyone chickened out until one of us. And I jumped down.
0: <laughs> I couldn't not do it. Like, I, 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 you know, failed, bowed to peer pressure and leapt out of the second story window into a bush that looked really springy wasn't really springy and i'm just like ah! You, you've watched too many cartoons where they just jump into a
1: bush and not realize bushes have like thick branches that hurt
0: yeah so i'm like stuck half stuck in this bush just kind of groaning and I eventually climb out but because i jumped out of the bush and i'm covered in like scratches and you know like moaning in pain but because i'd done it everyone else in the group had to do it otherwise they would be a sissy so, <laughs> so, so i can remember just being stood next to this bush covered in scrapes like taking you know like to, leaves out of my like trousers and stuff and just watching seven friends leap out of the window just i'm like yep God, it's, it's it's grim up north isn't it Seeing how close you can get to travelers and jumping into <laughs> bushes because you think they look bouncy this is where your, your cockney's bias comes in birmingham is not up north it's <laughs> it, the midlands it's, part, it's past watford it's up north <laughs> quite literally named the west midlands we're in the middle um yeah it was just you know adventures but i sometimes i I guess like most generations, I guess my like parents' generation would be like, oh, you kids don't know you're born, you missed out on all this stuff. And then that's essentially what we, I'm doing now with yeah. my little brother and sister and they eventually have children and be like, you kids don't know you're born. Look, like I showed my little brother and sister dial-up internet the other week and they couldn't believe how slow it was and that horrible dial-up sound. It's like it's a different world.
1: You know what? I think they're having a better life I'm missing out from jumping into bouncy bushes.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was fun. I got stuck in a tree once, It's cats. There's all sorts of fun stuff that kids don't get to do nowadays and I feel sorry for them. Now I sound like Mr. Adam, <laughs> you great, you do, yeah. grouchy old man. Uh, but back to the episode. Uh, Monica's drafted the entire gang into helping cook for the wedding. Well, almost everyone, Mark. Because Ross isn't helping as he's not a part of the wedding. No. Being a bit of an extra grouch here, to be fair. I mean, I'd just be there for a bit of cake. Well, I'm terrible around people cooking and making food. Because the second you finish a bit of it and leave it unattended, I'm probably going to start picking at it. <laughs> yep. Like, Oh, look, those pigs and blankets are finished. There are 20, 18, 16, 10. <laughs> it's just like, get right away from them. <laughs> My aunt used to go mental at me before I had to sneak into the kitchen and just like steal roast potatoes. <laughs> just <be> like, oh. <laughs> I just had the burnt ones. I just took, I just took the little ones. <laughs> but still. Uh, but then Monica threatens Ross into helping. And then there's a knock on the door. Who's at the door mark? I don't know. Let's find out.
2: Hi, hi, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Right on schedule. Got my little happy helpers.
5: That's
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine, whatever. What's the matter? Nothing. Okay, everything. I think we're calling off the wedding. What? You're still going to pay me, right? <laughs> Or something a little less selfish.
4: Carol, what's the matter? What happened?
2: My parents called this afternoon to say they weren't coming. Oh my God. I mean, I knew they were having trouble with this whole thing, but... But they're my parents. I mean, they're supposed to give me away and everything. Okay, I'm sorry. And then Susan and I got in this big fight because I said maybe we should call off the wedding. And then she said, we're not doing this for them, we're doing it for us, and if I couldn't see that, then maybe we should call off the wedding. And I don't know what to do.
4: I, uh, can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think Susan's right. You do? Look, do you love her? And you don't have to be too emphatic about this.
2: (laughs) Of course I do.
4: Well, then that's it. And if George and Adelaide can't accept that, then the hell with them. Look, I mean, if my parents didn't want me to marry you, no way that would have stopped me. Mm. What? Look, this is your wedding.
2: Do it. You're right. Of course, you're right. So we're back on? We're back on. You heard the woman peel top (laughs) devil!
0: Now, Mark, we're pretty down on Ross on this show, especially you.
1: I I think it's just at the moment,
0: as as it goes on, Ross gets better. But I love, love Ross in this moment. Obviously, Russell isn't in love with Carol, but there's naturally a lot of love and compassion still there, and it's really moving to see. Well, this, this is what a lot
1: of, I, I guess, sitcoms do wrong, and, and Big Bang Theory, certainly. There was two laughs in in that clip, and they were, they were, they were laughs for like the audience, but being there, you wouldn't have laughed at what they said. Mm. Um, whereas Big Bang Theory, after every line, even though it's meant to be a touching moment, they would have had a laugh. And, and and that's what makes this show so great is like, you know, they can have moments where they have touching moments where, you know, it's just the audience paying attention. Yeah. And and you're right. Like Ross, you know, he does the right thing. Like ultimately Ross always does the right thing, even if he doesn't want
0: to. Yeah, it Takes more to get there sometimes. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, he, he is compassionate for the people he cares about. For me, the, the thing that kind of stood out was, um, you know, her parents, like, She's like, oh, you know, they they can't deal with this. And I was like, well, they're happy with you being in a relationship, right? But then I thought about it a bit more and I was like, well, she's only been with Susan for, what, a year or so? So maybe they haven't been okay with the whole relationship the whole time and it hasn't really been mentioned. True. Or maybe they've been like, okay, we can deal with you having a relationship, but like maybe the wedding's too far it makes well, it it makes it more concrete i guess
0: yeah i mean it's not been i mean gay marriage hasn't been legal in britain all that long mm. unfortunately um but it's i guess it could be a contentious issue not not because the people have an issue with the relationship but how people view marriage as I like, guess an institution
1: and well i guess you know uh, america is a lot more religious than we are mm. so there, there's probably a lot of that involved too
0: True. I mean, to me, it's weird. I mean, marriage is weird in general. So I don't know why you're upset. I mean, not, I don't understand the point of any of it. So <laughs> no. the idea that the same genders get married, I don't care at all. <laughs> no. I'm like, well, why would, why would you want to do it? Yeah, like, but
1: if, if you're if you're uh, uh, a Christian, I guess, um, then, yeah, you might you might look at this slightly differently of like, well, no, that's not what I believe in. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah. And, and that might be where her parents
0: are coming from in this situation. We we don't know. That, that was my assumption. My assumption was that it, it wasn't that we could... They don't care that she's gay, really. They're like, okay, that's fine. But that they had some kind of issue with with marriage or yeah. with gay marriage as opposed to relationships. Yeah. Just because we've not heard anything about it previously. No. Not that we see a lot of Carol and Susan, but my logic was it was the wedding and not the, not the relationship they had an issue with.
1: At the same time, you could argue that maybe they are getting married too quick, you know, after everything that's gone on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean it's probably about a similar frame time frame to my ex and uh, her partner. I mean they're engaged and planning to get married so it's a similar time frame to be fair. Hmm. I mean, it's like the cliche phrase I guess is always you know when you know. Um, <laughs> just I don't know. Well yeah, yeah,
1: some some people are like well if we're going to be together forever why not just do it now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't understand marriage in the slightest. I so I was like okay, why well, do you need to do it?
1: Like, yeah, I, I yeah, this is probably the issue for both of us is that we are not deeply into it. Like, I'm watching um, Gretsko on Netflix, yep. which is uh, an, a Sanrio anime that's aimed at adults, I guess. And in there, there there's a whole storyline of, you know, the, the character, uh, she wants to get married and, like, marriage is, like, a big deal to her. And, yeah, marriage is probably a bigger deal to women than it is men mm. um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's something that we don't understand.
0: I, yeah, I just don't. Like, I just look at it and I'm like, but why do you need, like, I mean, there's lots of it. Like, not to go on a, I guess, a, a feminist rant, but the whole kind of patriarchal vibe of it, if I'm going to give you away and what you're worth, and now you've got to honor and obey me. And there's loads of stuff in it that's really, really controlling and gross. Uh, but then there's just the idea that if I tell you I'm going to be with you forever in front of people, then it's going to happen. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. like, we might not. I mean, you can still get divorced. And plus, I'm stubborn. So if I ever did get <laughs> married and said I was going to, you know, for better or for worse. I'd mean better or for worse. Which is probably not healthy. Because yeah. they could do anything. And I'd be like, don't care. I, yeah. I said I was going to stay married to you. And I'm going to stay married to you. Because so they like, can I have a divorce? I'd be like, nope. You, you would be the worst, wouldn't you? You'd be like, I, I'm ill,
1: darling. It's like, yeah, okay. You have to make me tea. Remember, you signed a document. This is my worst. You have to do what I want.
0: you'd wonder that I've just stood up in front of. Like, if you get invited to my wedding, it means I care about you enough for you to, to value your opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, and that your opinion to me matters somewhat if i've stood up in front of you all and said you know i'm gonna stay with insert woman forever i'm gonna do it because i said it all in front of you if i'm gonna make that commitment hmm. i'm not gonna then two months later be like oh we're getting divorced i'm like no like if she wants that divorce, she can wait for it to legally default because i said i was gonna do it so she's like it just i don't see the point yeah no that's fair but while we may not understand weddings or marriage everyone in friends does and it's the next day we're at the wedding joey's there and he's upset that there are no women for him to pull. And he feels like <laughs> Superman about his powers. I, I, he's got his cape. He can't fly. I love this bit. I, it's, it, it, it's more Chandler for me
1: where he's like, this is me every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole world is my lesbian.
0: Women. Yeah. Why am I really funny about it? It's just this. This is weird thing about weddings where people are like, oh, You can always pick someone and put a wedding, because the idea is that everyone's, like, emotional, and if they're single, they feel lonely, and it's, you know, like, easy picking. I've I've,
1: I've never seen it, because whenever I've been to a wedding, it's generally couples that are there. Like, I've never seen the whole, oh, look, it's the perfect place to to meet people like that. It it always seems to be couples and very few single
0: people there. That's fair. I mean, I was seeing someone when I went to a wedding, and they were like, oh, we weren't, like, exclusive we were just dating. And they were like, are you going to a wedding? If something happens, you know, please make sure you're safe. And I was like, I don't want that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a wedding. And it's this, like, weird thing of, like, everyone's yeah. up for it at a wedding. And I'm oh, like, are they? <laughs> I, well, I think that seems to be this weird misconception because I was like, I don't care. No, I don't. i d I don't I'd never heard anyone meet anyone at a wedding. Yeah. Maybe it's just this, maybe it's a woman thing. Women think that it's going to happen and blokes are just like, can't believe I've got to spend my afternoon here.
1: Well, it's the same way. I don't know. Like, it's put it the same way like the bou- the bouquet, isn't it? Like, oh, you're going to get married next. But I don't think I've ever been at a wedding where they've thrown a bouquet like that.
0: Uh, I've been to a few. Mm. Um, I always used to joke around with friends or relatives that were together but not married. And I'd be like, how much? I'll intercept the bouquet for you to make sure she doesn't get it. Like, I'll t- I'll tackle Sarah at the, at the right moment. No, I need it. i just intercept it and like, let's go, like if we're playing Madden or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it worth to, yeah, everyone's like, Ryan, that's not funny. And then, like, all the blokes would be going, Hee-hee. Just laughing. just have,
1: have John Madden in the commentary going, oh, yeah, he's
0: fumbled it. <laughs> it's just weird. Like, the, the bouquet's really weird. Like, oh, you caught some flowers and now, now you've got to get married. Well, I don't, I don't think it quite works like that, but, I yeah. mean... It's, and there's probably some like ancient pagan like yeah. rule for it. I bet I'm, I'm looking to this later now, I'm intrigued. But there's probably some weird pagan thing where Christianity was just like, oh, be like us. No, what if we let you do the flower thing you like so much? <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Okay, then we'll yeah. be Christians. Like, it's probably weird in there. Um But then classical music begins and all present turn to face up the aisle preparing for the bride and bride to arrive. But Mrs. Elderman wants a candy. And Thebes noisily unwraps the candy before offering one to the entire congregation. I don't get this bit. I don't know if it's just to remind us that Mrs. Alderman's there, but no candy's that loud. Like no. in the audio mix and the episode, that candy sounds like it's got its own microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, okay, and then why who cares if she's putting a candy in her face?
1: Yeah. Like it's always awkward like when you have to turn around and watch them walk down the aisle. Is it? Yeah, because you're 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 facing forward in your seat or, or, you know, in the aisle. And then you got to, to turn around that way and look behind yourself. It's kind of awkward. And, it, and everyone else is doing it. And it, yeah, it just feels a bit weird
0: to me. Now, the last wedding I was at, I was an usher. So I was already stood at the okay. front, to be fair. So I didn't really notice. Um, Monica comes down the aisle, pushing Ben in a push chair. Uh, and watching so much friends, he's changing my inner vocabulary because I initially wrote stroller... In the notes, and then was like, "It's not a stroller," and then went back in and deleted it to be pushed it. <laughs> um, That's been decorated with flowers, and he's in a little suit. And I'll be honest, Mark, it's absolutely adorable. And in the previous episode, you said that buying fancy shoes for babies is pointless, yes, as they'll grow out of them too quickly. Yeah, which I again disagreed and said baby shoes are adorable. Do you extend your logic to fancy wedding getups as well, or are they okay?
1: Mm. Yeah, like I, I feel like for for kids, you'd probably buy them like a, a nice dress, or I don't know what you'd buy boys. I, I guess, I guess generally they just normally wear their normal clothes. I don't, th- I don't think I've ever seen like a, a, a boy at a wedding in a suit or anything like that.
0: Every wedding I've been to, the kids have been in right. suits. I,
1: uh, but at the same time, would they just rent that? Like most most men rent the tux or whatever. You don't generally buy a tux for a wedding.
0: No, I do. Okay. What if it doesn't fit properly? Well, you. I don't know. I get complimented a lot when I'm in a suit, which I always find dumb because yeah. people men always get told they look good in a suit because it's you know normally well. Well, filled. yeah, we've
1: we've discussed this before about how a fitted suit may, it looks much better
0: than an off the rack suit. So if I'm, I don't make a lot of effort in general. My fashion tends to be nerd shirts, jeans, <laughs> or hockey shirt. So if I'm going to a wedding, I like to get a suit and be like, yeah, looking cool and fancy, because I'm making the effort to go. So I like having a, a suit each time. It's no, not expensive. It's not like I'm going to, like you know.
1: Well, I was thinking like more like your prom and stuff like that. Like most people just generally rent the clothing. But yeah, I, I think for like little girls, you'd probably buy them a dress, but that's a dress they can wear wherever. But I don't think you'd buy a suit for your son, though. I would, because it's cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But still, I figured you would. I figured you'd be like, we'll buy a dress that's multi purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can wear this anytime. Yeah. We wouldn't have that one special dress for fancy occasions in the wardrobe. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy them every time they go up a dress. Size. <laughs> yeah. like, we need to get her a new fancy dress <laughs> for fancy days. Yep. Yeah, but next down the aisle are Susan and her folks. And I must say, Mark, Susan looked incredible. Like,. I had a little little flutter. I was like, oh, damn, I'm I'm still still in love with a lesbian. (laughs) She walked down, I was like, whoa, Susan looks amazing. Uh, And then, you know, good work, Carol. And then finally, we get Carol walking down the aisle, escorted by Ross. Didn't have the same reaction to Carol, but this is very sweet. I mean, this is Ross's moment, I think. It's his high point. I can forgive almost every other annoying Ross moment throughout the entire run of Friends because of this moment. It's so cute, it's touching. Clearly, the older I'm getting, I'm becoming some kind of emotional sap. Because watching this scene again gave me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> yeah, I, like...
1: I, I didn't feel that way at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just, maybe it's context-dependent, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nice that Ross has done this. At the same time, you know, I feel like Carol and Susan owe him a little for forcing him to do this, in a sense. Maybe, maybe force is a strong word. Because, like, you know, he,
0: he's not in his comfort zone. Well, there's there's no conversation in the episode about this bit. Is that there? there's the no, conversation about the wedding being off, and the next thing you know, he's walking her down the aisle. Because
1: normally, if like a dad can't do it, it's like a brother or someone. Like Ross seems a weird choice to use. I like, guess my my ex is gonna give me away, the one I cheated on. Yeah, it, it is. It is weird. Whereas if it's my 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 friend Ross, who has been there through good times and bad times, like that that plays differently, right?
0: I mean, I, you know, I guess Ross has forgiven her for that kind of stuff. And then once you, you know, you did the forgiveness and get rid of the negative bit, there's there's just nothing, you know, there's compassion left.
1: Well, it's it, from my side, I'm thinking from like Carol, why did Carol choose Ross?
0: Because I mean, even though, you know, she left him and cheated like, him, he's still a pretty important part of her life. Like I'm pretty,
1: Well, I, I guess he's Ben's dad. I guess that's the relationship n- there, isn't
0: it? I'm pretty black and white. You cheat on me, you're dead to me. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no excuse. Um, So I wouldn't be there. But at the same time... She is a big part of his life and he's gonna, she's going to be around and I guess it makes sense that of all the men that are in attendance. Well, do, do you really want Charla walking you down the aisle? No. <laughs> or Joey. Stop in every 10 seconds well, to get on someone else.
1: Well, I was going to say, wouldn't would, would, you want a celebrity?
0: <laughs> I was walked down the aisle by Dr. Greg Ramori. <laughs> yeah. Anyone call for a celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> but they get to the end of the aisle and Ross almost blows it by not letting Carol go. Uh it's just weird. If this was like a joke, I think it would be great. And I feel like I'd do it because it'd be funny. I'd be like, ha, ah, making a joke." Completely wrong time to do so, but but it, this scene's weird. This part is weird of this scene because it's, it's played almost like he's, he doesn't want to give give Carol away, um, even though he's already lost her.
1: Like, I, I guess you could. If it was, uh, I guess if Susan was in like that part of the scene, it would make sense. It's Like, no, like I don't like you, so I don't want her to go to you. But yeah, playing it like it's like oh does Ross think like he's still with her? Is he having flashbacks to his marriage? Like yeah, it's a little bit odd. It, it should have been more absent minded like he he forgot to to let go of her. Like oh yeah, I meant to let go at this point, aren't I? No, I mean Ross does like a wedding. Yeah. So it yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that he wanted I, to I, be in this one more. I think they should have played it that way rather than him being I don't want to let you go.
0: Yeah, I just I don't really get what the, the tone there was. No. So it just comes across as kind of weird and inappropriate as opposed to being funny, Yeah, I guess. Um, but the ceremony begins. Let's have a little listen.
2: You know, nothing makes God happier than when two people, any two people, come together in love. Friends, family, we're gathered here today to join Carol and Susan in holy matrimony. Oh my god. Now I've seen everything.
5: Whoa, she's gone. She's gone. She's gone. Go ahead, get married. Go, go.
0: I love Phoebe's old lady voice. <laughs> yeah. it's just, I just picture this like really craggy-faced old woman. It's just, it's just great.
1: Well, well, Lisa Kudrow is really good at voices. She does a lot of voice acting. Uh, yeah, she she's great at different voices. <laughs>
0: it's so funny by the way. Phoebe's just like relieved, and it's like, go on, carry on, get married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, now you've cut my blessing and carry on. Um Yeah, Mrs. Edelman's gone. She's she's finally seen enough. She in the she world. she has seen everything. Like, yeah, you you can tell there's
1: uh, there's undertones there, yeah. negative undertones of like why she goes. I've seen
0: everything now. But yes. Yeah, I mean i like it i like callbacks yeah. i just i just like the way they managed to work the line is now i've seen everything yeah. and then it's, it's just funny like obviously the initial setup is she wants to experience the whole world but now she's like oh i'm out like yeah. this is this is too much yeah but it's pretty funny to be fair um, but the ceremony's over and everyone's milling around which i always the one thing they never show in tv weddings is the awful bit between the ceremony and the reception where you've got to wait around for like two hours yeah. and while they turn the the place into a dance floor or a meal place i hate it but yep. like if i ever got married that wouldn't happen there would be like three separate venues that are really close and you would immediately go from like ceremony finishes i sign the document we all go to the pub we have a pint and then we have food it would literally be like you'd walk through like three rooms because i hate that excruciating weight
1: yeah uh, to me it always seems to be the bit that's forgotten about whether like right uh, we're gonna do this in two hours time you guys just hang around we didn't think of anything for you to do but great so we get to stand here there might be a
0: drink if you're lucky and there's nothing else to do for two hours I think it's a conspiracy because you touched on earlier that wedding food is normally terrible yeah. they deliberately make you wait two and a half hours and starve you out so that you'll eat <laughs> what they bought. Yeah, because they had to hire a wedding counter and they've made horrible food. So you're going to stand around with a pint in your hand for two and a half hours so you're a bit drunk and starving so you'll eat whatever slop they put in front of you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You. maybe. <laughs> put in front of you. Um, but Ross and Monica are watching how adorable Susan and Carol are. And then Joey chats to Susan's dad about the pigs in blankets he made. And I love how proud he is. He's like, yeah, I've wrapped I like, I did those. It's, just, it's so Joey. It's yep. like, I did a tiny thing, but I'm really happy about it. And, uh, and Chandler and Phoebe are chatting about how Phoebe misses Mrs. Alderman. Yeah. Which a woman butts in on and overhears and clearly thinks that Phoebe's talking about an ex and offers to buy Phoebe a drink. Phoebe's is oblivious to the romantic intent and just thinks that is being nice. Uh, this actress, Mark, is Leah Delaria. And most people will probably be familiar with her from Orange is the New Black. Okay, She's an actress, a stand-up comedian. She basically always plays the kind of like butch lesbian type Mm. um, because she is a butch lesbian in real life. Uh, She was given the Equality Illinois Award in 2015. uh, And back in the day, she appeared in the Arsenio Hall Show, which is a show for anyone outside America. You probably probably never have heard of it. Mm. I'm only aware of it from like controversial clips that I've seen on YouTube. But basically it was like a comedian hosted a chat show and would have guests on and stuff. Um, But she went on the show and referred to herself as a big dyke which caused a, caused a massive stir in the American press at the time and I was like oh my god how could she say this uh, but I Hall it was a big star at the time basically came out and said she can call herself whatever she well once it's her business Like, leave her alone mm. um, but it, it's one of those things where you watch Friends Back and there are people in it that you have seen in other stuff Or like when you watch a programme and go wait that's Mr Heckles when you watch Home Alone that kind yeah. of stuff. but seeing her in this I always got really excited because she's a fantastic actress in Orange is the New Black and uh, she's really funny to be fair and it was just nice that... Oh, okay, because in her.
1: this scene, like, I just thought, oh, it's just random actor coming on for, for two seconds of lines and, and off they go again.
0: That's what I mean. Give, given how she was kind of like the first openly gay comic to appear on American TV on the Arsenio Um Okay, so, so, yeah, I guess maybe to an American
1: audience, this probably had more relevance at the time of, like, it's the lesbian wedding and we actually have people that are not playing lesbians... Yeah, they actually are gay.
0: Like, so. it's very cool to me. From given the context of who she is and the time and the, the, the theme of the episode, it's very cool that she's in it. Yeah. it's one of those things where they're like, oh, we're doing a lesbian episode. Would you like to be in it? And I imagine the actress was like, Hell yes, I'll be in it. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to have this on TV. Yeah, um, well, well, especially in
1: you know '95 or '96, whenever, whenever this was on, like that was not on TV. You you didn't mention the L word yeah.
0: or the, the, the G word or whatever, right? Okay, I'm pretty sure this is the first ever lesbian wedding on TV. Um, I know that the production team hired like, a bunch of extra people to man the phones right. um, for the episode because they're assuming going they get loads of complaints. That so, oh, we've hired like fifty people to to man the phones to handle all the complaints we're going to get. Right. Right. And in total, they received eleven complaints. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So all the people they had were pointless because the, no one no one complained. No. Um, which to me kind of makes sense. I understand why, from a mainstream perspective, you may feel there'll be complaints from some morons, but at the same time. If you're watching Friends, you've got to the middle of season two. You're probably a pretty progressive person in general.
1: Yeah, you've understood that there is a lot of you know homosexuality in this show. Yeah, from from different actors and things like you. You would have switched off way before this if that offended you.
0: Yeah, like if you were like a, a right-wing religious conservative, you'd probably have turned it off as soon as Monica's talking about the sex she's having. Yeah, like you wouldn't have got. <laughs> I don't mean, think you'd go through season one and then Chandler and his quality and.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's. it's you know it's quite an adult show in in a lot of ways like yeah we we love it for the comedy but they they do they talk well we mentioned this in the first season a lot they talk about sex an awful an lot an awful lot yeah uh, so yeah uh, you know you're, you're right they probably wouldn't have been watching right now anyway
0: yeah so i guess i guess it's an awful phrase but for the the movement i suppose mm. it was very cool to see that the the show and the producers took kind of the effort to put someone relevant in place
1: yeah considering that that is the the thing of this year in 2022 and 2021 of you know appropriation i guess having like white actors play black characters and, and stuff like that um and they were doing it in 94 they they changed it it was like no if we're going to have people on yeah. they're, they're going to be that actual person they're not going to pretend to be someone they're not i
0: mean like most things in 2022 i feel like the for lack of a better phrase the woke road of mm. taking things too far um you know i'm not saying you shouldn't give people who uh gay gay parts? I'm not saying you should give all straight people straight parts, just it's called acting, so I don't really feel like it's potentially necessary. As long as you're not deliberately excluding anyone on the ground, just something. I don't think it matters.
1: Yeah, I, I it's, it's a subject that's too deep for us to, to go into, I guess. But
0: yeah, it's but well, yeah, <laughs> like backpedal, right? Stop, <laughs> stop talking,
1: we'll get going. Well, no, no well, it's not, no, it's not even that. It, it is a, a deep issue, isn't it? There's, there's a lot of give and take, you can't just. For, for example, at the the moment of this recording, Peter Dinklage is upset about the new Snow White film, because yeah. uh, the the dwarfs in it and they live in a cave and like how terrible that is. But then the the dwarf community has come out going like, "What are you doing, Peter Dinklage? Like, it's fine for you to be an elf. These are the only jobs we can get, and you're telling like them not to like cast us in these types of films. Like, what are you doing?" So that there's arguments for for and against for all these things.
0: In that instance, I think he's being a massive hypocrite because one of the actors who spoke out against what he said is, is an actor and a professional wrestler who went under the name Hornswoggle I can't remember his real name but he basically played a leprechaun hmm. for for years like he's like in the roof for nearly a, over a decade um, and for a while he was a leprechaun that ran memory of an Irish character and then he was just Hornswoggle the, the small dude um, and at no point was it really ever at his expense there was some no. ridiculous stuff but I, it never felt like it was punching down I guess um, but the idea of Peter Dinklage just turned around and be like don't use small people as dwarves I'm like hang on a minute You were in Elf, where you were quite literally referred to as a dwarf, and that was the whole joke. So the joke was literally your character's expense. Then you appeared in Game of Thrones as a character that's referred to as the Imp, and you were quite specifically hired because of your physical attributes. And now you're in a movie called, about Cyrano de Bergerac, who is a kind of romantic poet who's unattractive and physically unappealing and helps someone else with a woman that he's in love with. Like So nearly every major role you've had, that I can think of has purely been predicated on your physical appearance. Yeah. It's massively hypocritical for him to turn around and go, "Don't give other small." He's basically saying, "Give me all the small people roles, not, <laughs> not everyone else." Like it's almost like he wants less competition.
1: But but that's that's why I say this is too too deep for us going to go into on on this podcast because because there are pros and cons for for everything. Of like you know, should should all gay people play the the gay roles? And it's like part of it is yes, part of it's no, and it, it's too deep for us to talk about. But. It's, it's good for friends to show like yeah they were I guess progressive for the time like way way ahead of their time yeah. in a lot of ways
0: but it's very cool I mean I, I like behind the scenes stuff quite a lot to be fair yeah. in general and to me this is really cool like, oh my god there she is and then I was, like, I was very excited yeah. um, but then Chandler turns to talk to a woman but then shoots himself in the foot by saying I oh, shouldn't even have a comb with a lion right and then the woman walks off because the implication is she's a lesbian, so what's the point? I,
1: I don't know why you'd ever assume that. Yes, it's a lesbian wedding. doesn't mean that all their friends are lesbians. Yeah. Totally. Like, I'm sure they've got more straight
0: friends at, at the wedding than gay friends. Yeah, and, like, statistically, that would probably be more likely. Given that you're there with Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe, who are three straight women, why would you assume that they're all gay? Yeah. I don't know if it's because she's in a kind of, like, businessy suit with short hair, and they're yeah. like, oh, she looks, in inverted commas, like a lesbian. Um, But... I know it's a wedding but you don't have to hit on everyone just enjoy the <laughs> no, day yeah. like it's this thing going between earlier people getting like hooking up at a wedding like just go and have a yeah, nice just, time just talk to them if, if something happens well after you talk to them
1: great for you right but don't go in there as like this is a this is a date that we can
0: potentially pick up yeah to me it's weird like if if someone else getting married has made you feel so weirdly insecure you need to run around the venue and try and hit on someone mm. you've got way more problems than a date's going to fix yep. um, but Ross is eating alone at a table Susan comes to check on him
2: how are you doing? Okay. You did a good thing today.
4: Yeah.
2: You want to dance?
4: No, that's fine. <laughs>
2: Come on. I'll let you lead.
4: <laughs> okay. All right, look,
0: penis shminus. Okay, we're all people. Oh my God, what is wrong with Chandler? <laughs> just, 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 it's ridiculous. Like, no wonder he's alone. Yeah. Like, that's not an appropriate sentence at all, let alone as a like a, a pickup line. No. I forgot the record. that. I was like, "Line you say to get sex?" Like, no pickup line. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, the line is, uh, you know, you was
1: going through the mountains, wasn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just. You don't even need to call it a pickup line.
0: <laughs> just what like Peter Schminus like, <laughs> yeah like it's just ridiculous um, but I would like this moment Chandler ruins the scene a little bit with his, with his joke but Susan and Ross having a little dance yeah it's kind of, you know, in, in a way it's like putting a little rivalry to bed to be fair and it's cute that Susan really appreciates what he did for Carol and you know just helped make the whole day special because you could argue that if maybe if Ross hadn't done that maybe they wouldn't have got married no no it's very nice to see and yeah, again, I'm a big emotional person. And I'm just like, oh, no, nice, Mark. Yeah, I'm like, Charlotte, <laughs> the gates are firmly shut. <laughs> I'm just sat there with Monica <laughs> and Phoebe being like, ah. But I thought it was cute. I like this episode a lot because I always like when Carolyn and Susan show up because I think they're interesting characters. Yeah. Um, and apparently I have a 20 year crush on Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to look at a picture later and go, not bad. She's aged gracefully. She has aged quite well, to be fair, yeah. Um, well, I think it's really cute and sweet um, and we leave the wedding and we're all back at the girl's apartment and they're all chatting about marriage Joey asks who the last person in the group will be to get married then everyone kind of slyly looks at Chandler and he freaks out and is like yeah. isn't Ben included in this <laughs> well fair like it's unfair when all your friends look at you and
1: you know Chandler doesn't have a lot of confidence to begin with and yet all his friends are staring at him obviously Going, like, yeah, we know it's you, Chandler.
0: Like, kind of hurts a little. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, kind of obvious, though. (laughs) Is it? Is it? It is. Is it?
1: Is it? It is. Well, we'll consider it, well, you know, Ross got married first. And then we have Chandler next. Uh, You know, Rachel technically gets married, yeah. To to Ross, obviously. And then we have Phoebe. And then Joey's not married by the end of it. So, no.
0: Well, I just assumed it's... Joey would never get married. So, by logic... Well, surely everyone looks at Joey then. Yeah, because Joey would never get married. Joey's not the... Mar- I don't see Joey as the marriage type. So Chandler will be the last to get married because Joey's never going to do it.
1: Okay, so that would have worked better if Chandler went, well, Joey's never getting married. Like... That would have been the great deflection instead of making him feel terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't make that joke. I'm surprised he yeah. did go, What? Like, Joe, you'll pick one woman. And <laughs> yeah. everyone would have gone, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Yeah, but it would have been better than, What about the small boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a great episode. It's it's one of my favorites. It moves at such an insane pace that I, I remember the credits were and I looked up and was like, Huh? Like, oh. we're done already? Like, Fair enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess there's not a, a whole lot of scene changes. Like there's there's some episodes coming up where it's back and forth constantly, hmm. and we focus on pretty much one story. Yeah, we have the the slight side story with Phoebe, yep. but but she's so interwoven in the main story, it's fine. Yeah, and this is where Friends, uh, about the halfway point of season two, starts changing into what it it ultimately becomes, where we we throw away the auxiliary characters. It's mainly the group all hanging out together, all times, no yeah. matter what, even in places they shouldn't be. Like, there's a, a future episode where they were the library. Is Phoebe singing? It's like they don't need to be at the library. Why are they here? Yeah, but they're there, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a great episode in that regard. There's there's a lot of laughs in here. There is some great classic lines. Certainly, lines I'm, I'm sure all Friends fans out there try to use on a day to day basis. Nope.
0: No. I don't think of any lines I try and use on yeah, this which yeah, I don't know
1: yeah I I think about quite a few of them a lot like they're not always suitable to use especially with, <laughs> with people who don't watch Friends but you know like, like we discussed before there's the Friends language and there's a lot of lines in here I think you would use with other people who are, who are Friends fans
0: um, I'm going to try in the next week I'm going to try and squeeze smell the fire acting into a sentence okay. <laughs> to see if I can text them <laughs> are you not going to ask uh, people if there's anything new in sex <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't want to get fired my penis <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah I'm, that one that one yeah. could work couldn't it do you know what yeah actually I kind of see what you mean about the lines to be fair um, but no it's good I, I really enjoyable episode it's entertaining uh, yeah anything else for you Mark in this episode
1: I, I think we've said it all really yeah it's, it's, it's a nice we're, concise we're, we've episodes. been going on for quite quite a while at this point as well we, we do like so, to go on well we've <laughs> yeah I <laughs> think you mean you
0: well I mean we were pretty I was pretty low on the tangent this week there were, there were a few yeah but... I, I I reeled you in from some of those yeah we need like we need like a, a a non-verbal cue, like a light that you just flick <laughs> on. <laughs> the, the, the tangent lights on. <laughs> I better stop talking. Uh, that's normally what I say, "Let's
1: have an ad, ad break." Um, <laughs> Adverts every twenty seconds. No, we, 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 we will have more, more of your tangents in uh, the Patreon episodes because I I do actually enjoy the tangents. Like it's 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 a tough balancing act. Like like you have some really great stories. And I love them, like especially today. You've you've had some great stuff, like the bouncy bush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but I I also realise we're, we're discussing friends, and uh, sometimes the, these tangents, like we can we can talk for hours at some things.
0: Yeah. Sometimes my tangents have tangents, and that's when we get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 for, for what were we talking about? Yeah.